ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and otaku of all ages, welcome to another fantabulous, fantastic, and all in all, really grand episode of ASO Radio. I, of course, am your host, the one and only, the unstoppable MZ17. We're bringing you a brand new episode of ASO Radio, our first episode of the year 2012, but uh, don't go and hold that against me. Uh, and in this issue, we're going to be announcing some changes taking place with ASO Radio. But uh, before we get to that, which we will address in the fan mail segment of the show, we've got some other stuff, uh, a brief bit of anime news. We have a fantastic review of a good anime for you. And, of course, the Hotspot, which will feature a very, well overdue interview with one of the luminaries of the anime world. So, sit back, relax, grab a drink, grab a muffin, grab a slice of pizza, throw away all of those which are too old to consume, enjoy the rest, and listen to the show. Alright, well, in this, the 128th episode of ASA Radio, technically we're actually well beyond 128, because we occasionally had those ones which were numbered in between and not whole numbers, and so there's actually more than 128 episodes. But, nonetheless, the numbered integer, if you will, episodes have brought us up to 128. And with this, and this episode, we will be retiring the anime news section. Yes, it's true. But before we do, there were three items of note that I would like to mention before we go and uh, retire this section of the show on, well, more or less a permanent basis. First of all, I am happy to report, as many of you are aware, that a new Studio Ghibli movie has been released internationally. And in this case, it is known as Aridi, or as it is known in some places, The Secret of Arity. It's based off of the classic children's novel series, The Borrowers, which has been, if you, say, live in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and other English-speaking areas, turned into several animated productions, which can be enjoyed by people of all ages. Well, now Studio Ghibli is taking its crack at this beloved franchise, and from what I understand, it's a pretty good show. Classic Ghibli. Um... Right now, it's available on DVD in several PAL regions, such as the UK, and only theatrically in the United States. You know Disney, always slow to the game and trying to get Academy Awards, so it takes forever to release anything. And always trying to go and put things out in threes. Oh, we can't release individual Ghibli movies, let's save them all up so we can release a trio somewhere down the line. Well, nonetheless, I thought all of you should be aware. So, if you hear this in time to catch it in theaters, please do so. And if not, well, let's just say that it's very easy to import DVDs that would include both English, Japanese, and English subtitles and could be very well enjoyed on any computer with a media player program capable of playing back DVDs or a region-free DVD player, both of which are quite easy to get with a little searching on the Internet. I personally recommend VLC. It's my favorite app for going and watching videos on my computer. And, of course, VLC at Videoland.org is totally free. And I mean that with a capital F. 
So if you need to watch some DVDs that are being too stubborn for other players, give that one a try. Also, as many of you are aware, NZ17, that's me, was quite upset when Kodansha revoked all of its rights to its various anime's properties around the world so it could launch its own anime, or should I say manga website, jmanga.com, in collaboration with a few other companies. Their goal, to create a single hub slash gateway for everyone to go and get their English language manga fix. Which, interestingly enough, jmanga.com actually has a a switch on all of its um, comics that lets you switch back and forth between English and Japanese, so if you're trying to learn Japanese, not a bad way to do it. Well, I was very upset when they revoked all of these rights because one of my favorite series, School Rumble, which I'm sure if you're a ardent listener, you've heard me talk about on the show before, was one of those that was revoked and unfortunately was an incomplete series. Incomplete in America, that is. And if you didn't know by my accent, that's where I am. So I was very upset that we wouldn't get to go and see the complete saga of School Rumble told in its entirety in my native tongue. But nonetheless, so it was. Saddened, true, but... Well, who am I to go and move on, right? So we only got up to volume 16, 14, 15, and 16 together in one omnibus version. Very much thanks to Delray for going to the extra mile to try and get that out for us right before the rights revoked, and, well, it sits proudly in my collection. But what about in the meantime? Well, I contacted jmanga.com's PR division, and I was informed that, in fact, School Rumble will not be renewed in English. Very sad. They said, no plans at this time, but it's been so long, I have no doubt that it has been cast aside in favor of more popular things, such as old classics that never die, and the newest stuff that everybody seems to flock to. So I'm very sad about the fate of School Rumble, but who knows? Perhaps a generous benefactor will go and cause it to be in English in the future, or Maybe even Kodansha will start to go through its, shall we say, not-quite-old catalog and bring it to us one day. And finally, I have actually purchased some stuff through this jmanga.com because they got um, some manga in there that was just too difficult for me to uh, pass up. One of them was called Marita-san is Quiet. Uh, interesting little gag manga, uh, quite cute, quite cute and enjoyable. Um, besides for the main character's father seemingly having an endless array of affairs, um, pretty all ages appropriate, more or less. Uh, I suppose there might be a few things that people would be like, meh, such as one girl who gets a bit flustered and says the wrong things to much hilarity. Um... But all in all, a pretty good all-ages kind of a thing. I suppose screen it before you give it to your nine-year-old little brother, but all in all, I think it's a great little series. And, of course, Noble Farmer, another manga series that uh, was actually what brought me into the fold. Uh, They were having a little special on their purchasing plans at this website. Decided to go and give it a whirl uh, because this Noble Farmer uh, manga is from the same author as Full Metal Alchemist, and I just couldn't stay away because uh, Hiromu does great work. So, checked it on out, and, well, it certainly lacks the epic story and incredible artwork of Full Metal Alchemist, 
but what it does have is her trademark humor. I was just laughing it up reading this thing, and that's why I couldn't resist going and buying it. So what does this have to do with the news, besides catching up on some of the things that I've been up to? Well, because the JMongo website has actually improved quite a bit with time, but as many of you out there with smartphones and tablets know, Sometimes you just need a little device that's good for reading instead of a big old computer which has so many distractions going on and doesn't have that book-like experience. Well, the good news is, is I have confirmed with the um, PR staff at jmanga.com that they will be releasing a Android and iOS manga reader in the future. So, for those who have purchased through their website, you'll be able to go and read your manga on the go. Which is good because there is a wide proliferation of pirated apps, or should I say apps that promote pirated anime on Android and iOS. Seems to be less of a problem on iOS than it is on Android, where there doesn't seem to much, well, be much policing going on at all. Um, I found quite a few apps that are infringing on various rights. If you'll remember the Rapunzel-based Disney movie Tangled, somebody was going and offering the whole soundtrack on there. Uh, little, shall we say, unauthorized much. But it's good to know that, at the very least, they are working on some apps for iOS and Android from jmanga.com, because unfortunately, for those of you who are fans of Viz's properties, Viz does have an iOS app, so if you have an iPhone or a iPod Touch or even an iPad, you can go and read your manga from Viz that you've purchased digitally, but unfortunately, no Android support. So those with Android-only devices are out in the cold. Hopefully, if JMonga releases an Android app, Viz will get its gear into, well, get itself into gear and release our Android version so that we may enjoy it no matter the mobile platform we're on. Yes, yes, I know there's many other mobile platforms out there, Palm OS, Web OS, Windows Phone, so on and so forth, but you know what they say, take down the biggest ones first and then fill out the niches where needed. Well, I guess that does it for the news section. Uh, we got ourselves a new Ghibli movie, and uh, no more school rumble, and J-Manga getting itself an app, eventually, so far unannounced. As a matter of fact, both of those J-Manga things are exclusive news items that ASO Radio first broke here on this very episode. So consider yourselves fortunate, because I do. I get to bring you this show. But... For all the news about why there won't be any more news, you'll have to just stay tuned to the fan mail section. But don't worry, we're not going and uh, killing off ASO Radio. But what could it be? Well, in the meantime, how about you enjoy this nice anime review we have just for you. So, what is the fantabulous anime that we have up for review this week on ASO Radio? Well, it is the one, the only, Vagnaria. Or as it was originally known in Japan, WORKING! With two exclamation marks on the end. Don't forget that. Very hard to actually look for anything under the name WORKING when you're trying to find videos of it, clips and AMVs on things like YouTube and such. Which is probably why, when it was released in North America, it was renamed to Vagnaria. Or, as some people might say, Wagnaria. Or Wagnaria. 
Anyways, it's basically a family restaurant named after the famous composer Wagner. And so it should be pronounced Wagneria because he was German and the W is pronounced as a V in German. But enough of my side trip here. Wagneria, great little series, or is it? Well, let me tell you what it's about first. First of all, it is centered on the setting of this very restaurant, a family-style restaurant, as they call them in Japan. Think of uh, Denny's or Village Inn, and that's basically what they mean by a family-style restaurant. Well, there's a girl working there by the name of Papara Tanashima, although most of the time you'll just hear her called Tanashima, so don't worry about the first name. Well, she's basically a short little girl, 17 years old, works at the restaurant part-time. Uh, got a little bit of problem, though. They are understaffed. So, she happens to notice a classmate of hers by the name of Sora Takanashi. And she asks him to go and work at the restaurant to help them out of the pinch that they find themselves in there. Well, wouldn't you know it, but because of her short stature and thus cute appearance, Sota goes and eagerly agrees, because Mr. Takanashi here is a huge fan of the cuteness. And because of this, he goes and agrees to work there because he simply can't resist a request from such a cute, well, co-ed student of his. So he ends up working at Vognaria and finds out that, well, let's say that his... um. Uh, cuteness addiction is not the only oddity here at the restaurant. We have Tanashima, aforementioned of course, who is quite short and is very conscientious about it, uh, getting angry whenever anyone goes and teases her about it, which just makes her appear all the cuter to those around her. You also have Inami, who has androphobia, and if you will, the opposite of Takanashi's philia, her phobia goes and causes her to be deathly afraid of men. This uh, results in violent outbursts where she goes and accosts her co-workers, who happen to be male, by punching them or occasionally kicking them or otherwise knocking them down with force. You also have the manager, Kyoko, who doesn't want to go and do a lick of work and spends most of her time eating the food supply of the restaurant. You have Yuchio, who is in love with the manager and gushes about her all day long and happens to carry around a l rather large katana, which ends up going and intimidating the customers and uh, workers on occasion. You also have um, Jun Sato, who works in the kitchen, but um, despite his intimidating appearance, he is actually quite the nice guy at heart, but exercises his frustrations out on the aforementioned short Tanashima because, well, he has a lot of frustrations when the one he likes is in love with somebody else. Then you have Soma, who is the man who appears to be nice, but underneath his pleasant exterior, he hides the heart of a person constantly looking for blackmail material to use against others to his advantage. You also have a um, Aoi Yamada, who is operating under a pseudonym, and, well, let's just say the whole place is filled with various kooks. Some main characters, some side characters, and some family of the characters that work at the restaurant. Very wacky setup, but then again, this is based off of a four-panel gag manga comic strip, or coma, as they are called, and so that shouldn't be any surprise.
Well, the first thing you'll notice, if you're like me, is how just dang good the opening music is to this. I really, really like the intro to this. Both the artwork and the music are very addictive, bright, cheerful, colorful, and upbeat. Interestingly enough, as the series progresses, the opening changes. Adding in characters and other this and that that uh, show up throughout the course of things. Um, the ending, closing song, not nearly as addictive, but both the animation and the uh, song are both quite good. I especially like how it picks up and shifts in the middle of the song. Um, starts off with the three main male characters running, and then when it picks up in the middle, um, it switches over to like showing off all of the uh, female characters and looking cute and shiny and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so opening good, ending good. But what about the meat of the sandwich in between? Well, I'm going to be honest here. I found myself not liking the first four episodes. Felt like something was off, like perhaps the staff was trying to find its way with the material and wasn't quite into the flow of things, perhaps um, just too fixated on certain aspects of the series, or we didn't have the full cast ensemble yet. But for whatever reason it was, the first four episodes or so felt really mm, like they were trying to be funny and failing. Um, like there was the punchline, there was the setup, but somehow both of them were a little stale, or at least one or the other. But I stuck with the series. There was something about it that made me want to continue, despite the way they seem fixated on uh, Takanashi's uh, fixation on the cute things and mocking him and such and such about it, questioning him and, and such. Well, about episode five, the series did a turnabout, an about-face, and it actually turned into something really, really good. Um, you see, after he gets employed at the restaurant, which, as I mentioned before, was because his his uh, fellow student asked him to, uh, he becomes a helper to Inami, trying to go and get her over her androphobia, her fear of men. And in the process, Inami ends up going and, and falling for this young man. And, um... Well, it's just hilarious because he is blissfully unaware of this whole thing, and at first she's not quite sure what it is, just thinks it has to do with her fear, until eventually she begins to realize otherwise. And it's about episode 5 that um, Mr. Takanashi goes and steps up to the plate, uh, basically casting aside his own pride to do something in order to go and try to help her get over the lump that she finds herself behind and unable to cross on her own as he goes and confronts her father about all of the crazy things that he said about guys and such which gave her this fear and in doing so must don a girl's outfit in order to try and sate Inami's androphobia in the meanwhile and I don't know, it was just a really powerful episode. And from that point onwards, not only was there more of a reason for me to watch, as I actually cared about these two characters. Don't get me wrong, all of the characters are likable in their own way. Well, I'll be honest again, didn't really care for the Yamada character. Just too clingy and needy, and I didn't really like her. She does have fox eyes, though, and I do like it when characters have fox-shaped eyes. So there's at least something there. But back to the point. 
All the characters are pleasant enough, but at this point, around episode 5, Takanashi and Inami really become endeared to the viewer. And so I'm not just enjoying these characters, but now at this point I care about these two characters. And from then on, I don't know, maybe it was just a turning point for the people behind the show too, but the humor started to click. Like, they would make jokes and... It would be funny, you know, some of the stuff, you know, all right, so yes, Inami is going to go and punch the wall or punch a person or whatever you see it happening, but it really works well into the setup, so even if you might go and see the punchline a mile away, the setup is what really causes the delivery to be great. And so it's a really enjoyable series. Only 13 episodes for the first part of uh, Vagnaria. Um, it was released in America by NIS America, very good company, puts out tons of stuff that they produce and that others make as well. And um, I have to say I'd recommend you go out and get this because it's a, a real class act. You got 13 episodes on two discs. You also get a really nice full color art book. It's hardcover, comes in a nice slip box that includes two thin pack DVDs as well as the... Um, um, book itself with all of the artwork in it includes uh, comics and uh, sketches and full artwork and little charts and stuff to go and let you see what character is what to who and all of that. Um, pretty amusing, pretty nice. And um, uh, you can also go and see this on Crunchyroll. Uh, they currently have both seasons one and two available. They, uh, of course, are ad-supported, so if you have an aversion to ads, um, or you want to use your hard-earned money to go and purchase an actual physical good, I'd recommend going the NIS America route. However, if you're short on funds, can tolerate the ads, or otherwise don't mind going and viewing it on the internet instead, you can go and check it out on Crunchyroll. Hopefully, NIS America will also go and release the second season of Vagnaria on DVD, and if so, I will at that time go and review the next set of episodes. Uh, however, this review is all about the box set that uh, that company released, and as such, I would say... Um, I'd say if you're a fan of light-hearted uh, comedy with a bit of romance in there, silliness, and don't mind zany characters with um, phobias and philias, or at least I hope philia is the right word that means the opposite of phobia. It's No, it's file. File means the opposite of phobia. Well, whatever. If you like a show with lots of quirky characters and comedy, and you happen to go and want to um, not have to read... Uh, fan-translated material of the uh, original manga, then this is definitely the way to go, and I'm kind of conflicted. On the one hand, I'd like to give this a highly recommended because of how much I enjoyed the latter set of episodes. But on the other hand, I didn't really enjoy those first four very much. It took a little bit of effort to get through them. So, I'd say it's about in between the two... But we don't do that here on Acer Radio. Unless, of course, we have a bunch of people all reviewing it together at once, in which case the average works out to be something in between. So I'm going to have to just go for it. Vagnaria gets a highly recommended. And in case any of you out there are wondering, and I probably should have mentioned this towards the beginning, subtitled only release.
I don't uh, recall any of NIS America's titles having any English dubs done, so if you have an aversion to the subtitled-only release, well, sorry to say, but you're missing out. Okay, so enough suspense. What is going on with ASO Radio? Time to answer the question. And then to answer some fan mail. ASO Radio, as some of you are aware, has been going since 1999. That's right, last century. And over the course of time, the internet has changed, turned into a different place. A place where attention spans are short, and appreciation is even shorter. Well, to address the changing needs of the denizens of the internet, netizens, if you will, I think it's time for ASO Radio to change, too. So we're going to be shifting formats. From now on, instead of being a podcast, which happens to last for an hour or two, we will be instead turning into a show all about interviews and reviews. Long-time fans, of course, know that Acer Radio is no stranger to both. We go and review anime, manga, video games, and soundtracks on this show, as well as having interviewed people at a number of anime conventions all across the western United States. Well, what's going to be different? Well, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're going to be dropping the news section. Reason being is there are a lot of sources out there for anime news, whether you read those on a comic website that covers anime and manga, or just manga only, or you get it from some news service that happens to provide uh, anime and manga news specifically, or you just happen to read magazines or whatnot. The point is, is there are a lot of sources that you can get your anime news from. However, the news business is a game where things need to be timely, and Acer Radio is not always timely. But even if it is on time, that's the problem with news. Let's say I record something on a Thursday, I have it online on a Friday, and people listen to it. Sure, it's fine and relevant then, but what about a year from then? Somebody's going through the archives trying to find something to listen to. They hear news from so long ago, none of it's interesting or relevant. After all, movie releases that happen, happen a long time ago. Stuff that was announced in Japan that never released in America is irrelevant. So they have to skip past all that and get to the meat of the episode. And that's where I think ASO Radio's strength lies. Not in the news, which, of course, I'm sure many of you enjoy listening to the news read every week, or every week when we put it out on a weekly basis. You get the point. People enjoy listening to the news, not having to read, having it on in the background, perhaps, as they do chores or do their commute to and from work. But, well, I think it's time to put that to an end. For one thing, it's one of the largest things that prevents me from finishing up an episode of ASO Radio. Sure, the show might only be an hour or two long, but about an hour's worth of prep time is spent in advance combing through the news in order to find things that I actually think are interesting and relevant. I suppose that is a valuable service, cutting through the cruft and just getting to the juiciest bits of news. But on the other hand, I have to go through a lot of crap that I just don't care about. As a result, it takes a lot of time, and I don't particularly enjoy going through it, all to put together a segment which is quickly outdated, and nobody really wants to stop and listen to it. Unless, of course, it's been so long it's like a time capsule, and provides a glimpse into another era. 
like if you listen to something from 2000, for example. Any which way, we're going to be switching to interviews and reviews only. So not all that much is really going to change. Just instead of being a long-form show lasting anywhere from 60 to 90 to 120 to a ghastly number of minutes, we're going to be putting out smaller episodes on a more frequent basis, only about 5 to 10 minutes each. These should mainly go and be reviews of anime and manga, as well as video games and soundtracks on occasion, and interviews with luminaries from the anime industry, uh, from the voice acting scene to the ADR directors to even, on occasion, Japanese uh, producers and other people who work to make the anime in the first place in Japan. For now, though, we're going to go and complete this episode of ASO Radio by reading some fan mail and then wrapping up with an interview. An interview we actually conducted about, oh, let's just say, I think it was 2010, with a famous voice actor, a Mr. Sonny Strait, and a new rising star in the anime fan uh, circle, uh, Anyways, he's a musician by the name of Worky T. Chocobo, and is quite the uh, popular character at a number of anime conventions due to his ability to play a wide range of anime and video game music on demand for the cheering crowds. So, to sum up, we're going to be dropping the news, we're going to be breaking the show up into 5-10 to minute segments, which should be released multiple times per month. Not just uh, four times, like if we were to keep to a good weekly schedule, but hopefully perhaps even up to, let's say, 12 times a month. And so you'll just find bite-sized deliciousness of ASO Radio without having to go through a long episode. And for those of you who do enjoy the long episodes, just uh, download it once a week and you'll have yourself uh, anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes worth of ASO Radio. And with the speed we put out episodes these days, that's a lot more than you'd be getting otherwise. And uh, there'll be some changes to the website, too, to reflect this. Um, We'll be adding slash updating an interviews section for the site. Hopefully, we'll be able to go back into the past and add interviews and reviews from back then, which will be standalone downloadable files. Uh, But, of course, you'll be able to go to the website and listen to them by streaming them or using a little... um, uh, applet to um, play them from the web page itself. Any which way, like I said, big changes on our end, but on your end, just think of it as more frequent, smaller chunks of ASO Radio, and that uh, will hopefully be able to let us streamline things and get them to you more often. Anyways, we're over six and a half minutes into this segment, so let's get to some fan mail. First off, we wrote to a Widya Santoso out of the land down under, told her about some uh, cosplay photos, which we have added to the Artist Alley section of the website at nz17.com, from SakuraCon 2010, which of course is held in uh, Seattle, Washington. After writing, she said, Thanks for letting me know. I have uploaded your link in this week's update. Not before time, as next week will be the huge Memorial Day weekend update, and it might have been squeezed out. Um, Next up, we got a voucher code for Disgaea Infinite, so please be sure to look forward to our review of that PSP video game on a future episode of ASO Radio. Um, 
Next up, we were fortunate enough to go and receive more voucher codes, this time for a game called Jolly Rover. Um, an enjoyable little throwback to the adventure games of yore, uh, famous on computers throughout the world. Uh, very popular genre in the 80s and 90s. And you can find a review of Jolly Rover over on the MacroboV uh, website hosted at nz17.com at nz17.com slash mrvc, or just search online for MacroboV the comic. Let's see, what else, what else, what else? Some of these are older things. Uh, for example, we should be reviewing things such as Pandora Hearts on future episodes of ASO Radio. Um, let's see, this one might be worth taking a look at. Here we go. This one's an actual fan mail, nothing to do with future reviews or other things which we should take a look at says, <clears throat> from Andre Conti, love the site and the radio. I did manage to have a problem with the forum. This is the first time I've ever had a problem on one. Seems that I have been banned because of a wrong username input. Could you please unban Kenga Jack? Thank you. Well, let's go and take a quick look over on the forum. See if that uh, name is uh, banned or not don't think it is. Of course, uh, probably solved it a long time ago with as long as I take on getting to getting things done for the website. Let's see. H-I-J-K. Yep, looks like that's all sorted out. So if you're listening to the show, Kanga Jack or Conga Jack or however you want to say it, problem solved. Next up, got an email from a Dana, subject Anime Emo Girls says, fan pick. For many anime fans and emos, too sorry that this is not in color, but please enjoy. Her name is Dinah Koma. It is her birthday. Well, thank you very much for going and sending this along, Dinah. Or, well, actually we got a little bit of an issue. Um, you sent the message, but you didn't send the artwork. So, if you would be ever so kind, stop by and use our contact forum on the ASO Radio website or at the um, NZ17 Productions homepage, and just be sure to go and send us a URL to where we can go and find your artwork, and we'll be sure to add that to the Artist Alley ASAP. Let's see. What's this next one? Apparently, Miro, the popular open source app for uh, video and audio podcasts, having a little bit of trouble with the ASO Radio RSS feed. Um, don't know exactly what its problem is. Might be because we're going and encoding some HTML into our description so that they look nice in iTunes and RSS readers. We'll have to go and take a look at that later and uh, spruce it up a bit, see if we can't uh, go and help with that. Let's see, some more stuff about uh, getting a new mailing address. Um, in case you're wondering, our new mailing address at ASO Radio is the same as our old mailing address at ASO Radio. You can feel free to contact us either through the website by filling out a form and sending in your messages or by writing us to our physical mailing address. We love to get mail and fan art either way 
and we will be sure to feature it on the website if you do send it in. And of course, you know, it's right for the site. All right. <clears throat> next up, and this is a bit of a preview for the next episode of ASO Radio. This is from Kenneth Lindblom, who wrote, My name is Kenneth Lindblom, the director of a live-action fan film based on the series Full Metal Panic. Myself and the producer put together a professional and semi-professional cast and crew. It is more than just a bunch of cosplayers with a handy cam and After Effects, the popular Adobe program for video editing. Some of our people do this stuff for a living. I'm a big fan of the series referring to Full Metal Panic, and have tried to stay as faithful to the anime as possible. Would you be interested in doing an interview with the cast, crew, or director? You can get more info on the project here. Thank you, Kenneth Limboom. And, of course, he gives the website address, which is www.fullmetalpanicthemovie.com. Well, I contacted Mr. Limboom and conducted a nice hour-long interview with him. As such, you'll be finding this in a following update to Ace Radio, which should be released, well, within a short span of time on the website. At least within the month of March. Um, it's actually a pretty good thing. Provides plenty of insight, both into his knowledge of the series and his extreme fandom, and willingness to bring it to live action near you. And speaking of which... He hopes to premiere it at a certain anime convention. I hope you listen, and if you live near this convention, check it out. Perhaps send me a note and let me know how it is. Mr. Limbloom does intend to go and let the internet at large see it as well, but he wants to go and have a live audience to get their on-the-scene, in-person reactions so that he can go and, well, revel, as well as, of course get their feedback and improve it a little bit before the general release. And finally, uh, we got one with the subject of music. New music from the Prosulas. Hope I'm saying that right. Hello, ASO Radio, writes the Prosulas. Or Shamari Raka. You know, whoever. You know, he's part of the Prosulas. My band is called the Prosulas and has just recorded two new songs with good friend Electric Studios here in Brooklyn, New York. And we are hoping to get played on your radio station. Our music can be downloaded for free on www.reverbnation.com slash theprosulas. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks. Um... Well, I'm glad you wrote in to us. Um, I think that the whole uh, indie music thing, uh, the whole scene is really great. And we have played a number of tracks from a number of different uh, musicians in the past here on ASA Radio. But in our transition to being a reviews and interviews uh, mainly website, I think we're going to go ahead and pass on playing uh, future music. But... For anyone interested in listening to this music from the Priscilla's, just visit R-E-V-E-R-B-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com slash the Priscilla's. T-H-E-P-R-O-S-U-L-A-S. And thanks, of course, to everyone who wrote to us, both industry people trying to get us to review their things, fans, and uh, the occasional independent musician. Uh, everyone else, I want to say thank you to our fans who have visited us at various anime conventions throughout the country. Um, most recently, we've been visiting Anime Bonsai up in Salt Lake. Uh, 
didn't enjoy my time there very much in 2010. Perhaps I'll save that for a scathing review in the future. And, um... Well, any which way, thanks to all the fans that have visited us at conventions, including Anime Banzai, Nandesukan, and so forth. Uh, we'll be looking forward, of course, to seeing you next time we get to an anime convention. No plans to announce at the moment, but our plans are always changing, so be sure to keep an ear uh, to the Acer Radio show and an eye on the Acer Radio website to see if we have any additional things to announce in that direction. And with that, I think it's high time we get to our musician and voice actor combined interview uh, with Sunny Strait and Worky T. Chocobo. I'll see you at the end of the interview. Okay, so we have reached the end of Anime Bonsai 2010. I would do the ceremonial loud shouting usually associated with it, but we've all had quite enough of that, and Woo! we want to retain some hearing around here. And uh, joining me, we're actually going to do a simultaneous interview, because uh, then everyone can get some dinner at a, a better time than if we did these one hour at a time. And I'm going for a nap. Well, if you have the dinner, you may well even be better for the nap. You will nap be super sleepy. There you go. So I am here with a Mr. Marky T. Chocobo, a.k.a. Steve Nunes. And, of course, Sunny Strait, a.k.a. Cool Daz. And uh, we are more or less just chilling in a room off of the side from uh, the main hall because we can't find a, a <laughs> better room at the moment. So... Anyways, for those not familiar with your works, let's go ahead and have Sonny first tell us a bit about what he does. I am an anime voice actor. I primarily play Krillin on Dragon Ball Z, uh, Maze Hughes from Full Metal Alchemist. I'm also a comic book artist, uh, mostly known for my work on a series called Elf Quest, and my own book at Tokyo Pop called We Shadows. And work? Um, well, I primarily work with anime video game music. Uh, I do also Mormon stuff with a group called They Might Be Elders, um, which is Mormon parody comedy stuff. I, that's about it. Okay, now you uh, both started off this con um, with a lot of energy and a lot of pep, and you helped out at plenty of various things. How are you feeling right now? Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> Um, but in all seriousness, uh, what was some of the activities you were able to help out with and some of the things you got suckered into? Uh, a lot of great panels. Um, I uh, did a panel on... My favorite one was probably the censorship panel we had last night. <coughs> Warky is choking up over this because he's crying. It, it was a very sad panel he about censorship. censorship. He is against censorship. He, he's, he's got a new Mormon choir uh, that, that sings songs about promoting censorship across the country. They, they usually, might not be banned. They might not be banned. <laughs> <laughs> they go around and play at football games and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot of great panels. Uh, a lot of people bought my uh, sketches. I sold out yesterday on uh, con sketches and um, just had a great time. 
And Orky, you're about the uh, hardest working man outside of show business. You can't show that on the air. And uh, you, you've actually been at quite a lot this convention, haven't you? I'm sorry, what? Who? <laughs> what you do at the convention as far as helping out and being at panels? Oh, do I do anything? I don't know. They just, just <laughs> now, now I know, I know the sleep deprivation is helping to prevent you remembering the last few. 72 hours, we'll say. <laughs> but seriously, though, what did you get to do? What uh, did people come and see you at? And we just got a high-pitched yeah, noise, which scared all the cats. <laughs> here. Wow. Well, now the cats are gone. My memory does seem to be clearing up. Uh, for this con, I, uh, I performed a lot. I performed a lot of piano stuff. Definitely went crazy with that. Uh, we, we, we did a couple of Q&As, and that was very enjoyable. Uh, the rooms have been packed. It has just been so packed, every panel. So I'm super excited about that, and I'm also super excited because we know that they're going to move to a much bigger location because they're, this place is just growing too too quickly. You know, it was actually funny. I uh, I went to um, a well, I didn't go into the panel itself, but I was in the hallway uh, by before one of your panels, and then when the actual panel started, and it was funny because um, every I think almost every year Bonsai has done it if they haven't already done it every year. Um, and it's how to talk to the geeky opposite sex or some sort of title like that. And the room was just packed to the gills like usual, standing room only, people outside. Um, and then yours was afterward. So everybody wanted to be there for workies. What was it? Guess that tune or something you did yeah, today? Um, and so there was no chance for the human moisture and heat to escape that room because when everyone left the packed room, everyone repacked the room. And then you were running a little late. And I'm sure you uh, entered the jungle of uh, hum. Uh, how did I put it earlier? Human idity. True. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. <laughs> It's very jungle, um, jungle you, you know, don't don't start going and, and doing that tune because that stupid Mamma Mia song has been playing through my head because yeah. they're playing it on like the music overhead in one of the bathrooms and that's like great. Now the Mamma Mia song is back in my head. It is not helping things. Uh, Sonny, what has uh, what have been some of the great things that you've seen from the fans this convention? Uh. Probably the Oran High School Club. That was really cool. There was about six of them wandering around. And then I, I saw one of them in the hallway crying later because three of them had gone home and they, they broke up the group. And they were really sad about it. Which we, I, I went over and I gave her a hug and I said, I'm sorry, you know, the things don't last forever. But uh, but a lot of cool costumes. Uh, what is that pyramid head thing? Yeah, Pyramid Head. Is it called Pyramid Head? Yeah. My, my, how can I deceive you? Yes, I've been broken hearted. Sorry. Uh, that song's in my head now. Yeah, she was cool. I put my head in there with her. That was cool. Yeah, hopefully uh, you didn't mistake the uh, the uh, male pyramid head that they had going around for the female one. Like, hey, I'm in here with a lady. And, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. This something's just not right. It was so Taylor. close quarters it was hard to tell. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, it was actually strange how many pyramid heads there were around here. I was like, really? Okay. Um, so, Worky, um, tell us a bit about the game that never has been that you've already composed a soundtrack for. Oh, my gosh. Destiny's Tears. Uh, Disney's Tears was being looked in, looked into as being a video game. It was pretty much done, and then they just said, "Nope, sorry." The company went out of business. Whole thing happened, and then um, it just went defunct. So we weren't able to do anything with it. And so I had these soundtrack albums, which I kept selling, 
I got someone else interested in it, which I can't say. And now they're telling me, uh, sorry, you can't sell these anymore. Just finish out what you have and then don't reprint them. And so I was like, okay, fine. So we're in negotiations for things right now up to come. So hopefully this is, you know, take two. And this time it'll just work out. All right, now, uh, Sonny, um, for those listening at home and those listening in the car, buckle up. Um, but for uh, those that uh, may be scratching their heads and go, Sonny, where have I heard of that name? Or Sonny, have I ever heard of that name? What are um, some of the, the bigger roles that people often recognize you for? Um, I did a show with my wife a few years ago, the Sonny and Cher show, and a lot of people remember me from that. And a lot of my death on the mountain was uh, memorable, too. But, um, yeah, uh, let's see. I, if you've ever seen a show called Dragon Ball Z, you might recognize my voice as Krillin. Kamehameha! And also Bardock. And, um, who? what else did I do on that show? General Blue? Hundreds of others, really. And uh, I was uh, on a show called Full Metal Alchemist, and I played Maze Hughes. A uh, show called Lupin the Third, and I played Lupin on that. Um... Uh, oh, a show called Samurai 7. I was on the Independent Film Channel, and I played Kuzo on that one. And, uh, Worky, uh, what's, uh, what's been some of the, uh, well, the fan reaction is easy to hear for someone who attended, but what is, uh, what's been some of the fan reaction that you've got for your, your performances and just being around and uh, just some memorable things from the fans that you've seen this time? Um, I appreciate all the fans like so much and a lot of them always ask if I can they can have my babies and it's very disturbing because a lot of them are men mm -hmm. and uh, I don't even think it's possible <laughs> <laughs> at least I don't think you know nowadays who knows you try. but uh, I do want to tell you just a story real quick that uh, one of the fan reactions from my panels was simply there was a girl who hurt herself yeah, I, I tell the story a lot. It's just she she hurt herself. Uh, she hurt her spine. She lost use of her thumbs, and she used to be a piano player. And then uh, she saw my show, and she realized that I don't play with my thumbs on the piano. And she actually got inspired by that. And now she plays by watching my videos. She said she learned how to like refinger her fingers so that she could now play. And she she lovingly joked that she couldn't open a jar, but at least she could still play piano. And so I thought that was really cool. That is a pretty cool story. And as far as people wanting your babies, uh, you you eventually have to run out of babies to give away to these people. And I think that's really what they're after. You know. Now, um, Sonny, everybody, of course, is probably makes a big deal out of your big characters that you've played. But what are, what are some of the more um, the shows and the characters that you wish people were more exposed to? Like the roles you've played, and you're like, man, this was such a great show. I wish somebody you know would really watch this. Uh, one of my favorite shows that Funimation does that no one sees, and it's one of the funniest things we do, uh, it's called Kodacha. And I play a teacher named Zinjiro on that show. It's this bucktooth guy who talks like this, and it's a really fun part and a really fun show. Um, and Laura Bailey plays uh, Sana, the main character on that, and it's some of Laura Bailey's funniest stuff ever. So I highly recommend that one. Also, uh, a lot of people don't know the Loop in the Third movies that we have there. You know, they see the television show that Pioneer did, but the, I th they think the movies are far superior, especially in animation. Uh, so if you get a chance, you should check out those as well. Um, let's see, Kenichi's new show that uh, starting to get some notice for it, and I play a character named Apachai on that one, and that's a a good fighting show, you know, with some heart. Yes, I can't. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of uh, Kodacha. Ah. 
Uh, it is actually one of my favorites that I have not yet reviewed on my show, um, but that is going to get a very good recommendation. And um, and for those listening who who enjoy Sonny's work and enjoy good shows, you know, uh, Funimation did just re-release those box sets in in economic uh, multi-packs. So uh, pick up the full seasons, and if we can sell, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of them, we might finally get the uh, final 52 or so episodes, and everybody's life nice. would be so much nicer. We could see these the middle school years of Sana, and of course my favorite characters in Chiro. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to, you know, go, oh, yeah, he was great, wink, wink. But no, no, he, show, uh, yeah, it is a fantastic show, and, and Zenshiro is actually, like, my favorite character in the show. Because Sana, she's super awesome, the main character and everything. But, um, I mean, she's great, you know. Uh, there, there's the bad boy, of course, the mysterious bad boy. Eventually, she, he ends up allied with the main character and everything. But, but Zenshiro's, like, the one I relate to, like... That's me. If I had, you know, three buck teeth, I would be Zenchiro and if I was on television. But the point is, it's totally a relatable character for anybody who tries to get into the spotlight but can't. Right. Yeah, he totally tries to steal the spotlight any chance he can. And I think the show, it doesn't get, we can't put it on television because it, it walks, it's not a kid's show, but it appears to be a kid's show. So they can't show it here because of American sensibilities. So please check them out, the, the DVDs, because that is the only way you're going to see it. Yeah, um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's, I guess a good way to say it is it is a kid's show for Japan. Right. But for, for America, it's kind of like, oh, well, we got different standards here. But it's a really good show, and it deals with like a lot of emotional stuff, and it, it's just really solid. And if, if the Funimation block of programming was still on Colors TV or whatever, you could have caught it there. But since it's not, the DVDs are the way to go. Uh, Worky, um, now I know that you've been uh, uh, moving, shall we say, more towards the video game side of this culture. Um, but what are, some of, what are some of the anime that you would like people to watch? It's like things you'd like to give props out to? Um, actually, uh, wow, a couple of things. Uh, I know that, um, well, Final Fantasy Advent Children, of course. <laughs> I guess you can call that anime. Because, well, you know, animated. I mean, it's animated, so finally, I guess, yeah, it is. Then again, most things Square Enix Look, makes looks that. If they can call yeah. Gonzo stuff animated with all the 3D, that's perfectly fine to call Advent Children anime. <laughs> this is true. Uh, check out Tsubasa Chronicle. I really, really enjoyed that. That story was beautiful, and uh, it, it was just incredibly well done and voice acted. Um, I know a lot of people out there, like, some people are like, well, I don't like dubs. I was like, you're an idiot. You know? <laughs> you got to realize that, like, these dubbers, like, you got to know what to pick. Like, Funimation does the best, uh, just the best dubs you can find. I mean, they they do their best to try and keep it real and just like the original translations, you know, like, the, the, just to uh, keep it real as best they can through the original Japanese. And it's just, they do a great job with it. And, you know, if you haven't seen any old school ones like Cowboy Bebop or something, you, you know, you're missing out on some old stuff. Because I know a lot of people don't even remember, like, the older stuff. They're all like, oh, I heard about that. But you got to check out the old as well as the new. And, oh, and Ketero Gunso. Check out Ketero Gunso. Oh, my gosh. That, that's the funniest show on earth. Um, but, yeah, that that is actually... Uh, Believe it or not, for quite a time, uh, Kirero Gunso was like my favorite show. I'd check it out every week. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, bring me merchandise, bring me merchandise. Bring, and it took forever, and then ADV imploded, and then rights got redistributed, and then we went through a couple of test dubs, and those weren't always so sunny. And uh, uh -huh. 
and then we finally got it so that was great and, and so it's good that we finally have it here in America and, and that's some what are they up to like two three box sets now so yeah, we're up to episode 52 I think that's yeah. they're stopping now stopping really stopping because you know, gotta make sure sales happen uh, well I guess that's true I can't can't just put it out there because it's good stuff um so uh sunny um what are some of the things that um um just funny stories that you've had while recording in the booths like like oh well you know actually i i tell this story at cons but don't tell anybody but one time when we were recording you guy did this totally crazy thing uh well usually the crazy things happen when i'm directing and I was directing um, Sean Schimmel, who plays Goku on Dragon Ball Z. I was directing him in a loop in the third movie. And uh, Sean had, um, let's say, intestinal issues for the day. He was farting in the booth. Mm. And he was just farting and farting and farting. And he was keeping the door shut, to his credit. Well, but when it, you got that much power, you tense it, up. And you oh, I'm it. telling you, yeah. And... and uh, then he was finished. He left. He shut. <laughs> he shut the door really quickly. Finished with the audio, or finished with the other audio? I have no idea. I'm sure the audio continued on the way home, <laughs> but the door shut. He shut it really quick. I took a break and forgot about it, and came back in. And then Laura Bailey was to come in to record <laughs> afterwards. And Laura walks into the booth, and I'm saying, "Okay, now this character you're playing today," and I hear, <laughs> "What is that?" I went, oh my God! Get out! Get out of the booth! Abort! Abort! And she's like, what? 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 She runs out of the booth. What's going on? What is that? Huh? Huh? I said, oh, I'm sorry. Sean had gas in there all day. She goes, no! <laughs> so I told Sean about that the next day, and he went, yes. <laughs> that is pretty funny. You know, it's funny. Um, Laura did work for a number of years, uh, and then... If you will, she suddenly got uh, anime VA superstar status uh, after she did Fruits Basket. And, and uh, then she got a lot of uh, big roles. For a little while, it almost felt like Funimation was the Laura Bailey show. Uh, <laughs> um, what, what's some of the um, uh, like uh, productions that you've worked with her on and, and uh, a couple of other things that you'd like to maybe mention? Well, let's see... Um, the first thing I worked with her on was Dragon Ball Z. She played Kid Trunks, and I believe she replaced somebody else on that role. Um, several Lupin movies, but I couldn't tell you which ones. Um, and then, she, of course, we worked together on uh, Kodacha and uh, Full Metal Alchemist. She plays Lust on that show. She's really, I mean, she's the kind of voice actress that I really admire because she is definitely one of those women with a thousand voices, you know, and you know, I mean, I like I I like being that in the male side, but there are several guys who can do that, right? But very few women have that range, and she has an incredible range, and also an incredible acting ability. So it's not just a funny voice; she can actually, you know, pull emotion out. Yeah, um, believe it or not, um, I, yeah, I watch like Fruits Basket, you know, and then I watch Kodocha, so it's like, oh man, this is uh, really awesome, I've got to be a Laura Bailey fan or something. Uh, and then Full Metal Alchemist came out, and I watched that, and I'll go through a bunch of episodes, and eventually maybe somebody told me or I saw in the credits Laura Bailey, I'm like, no, I gotta, that must have been a different character's name lined up, and I saw it again, I'm like, really? She played Lust? Sounds completely different, that's amazing. Um, and well, she's also in Shin Chan. Shin Chan. Shin, yeah. And I play her grandpa. <laughs> it's grandpa it's pretty Jin. crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, now, um, Full Metal Alchemist it had a, its big rise to fame a few years ago. 
Uh, the manga continued in Japan, then it was reanimated. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, and it was made into a new series called uh, Full Mother, uh, <laughs> Full Mother, <laughs> Full Mother Blutterhood, um, and uh, no, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, um, and that was basically the original story compressed, and then once it got beyond what was originally animated, where the two shows forked, then they kind of changed the pacing. Um, what's it like working on a, a show like that with a lot of action, but also a lot of, I guess you could say, emotional depth to both the situation and characters? Well, uh, that actually was an attempt to make the anime closer to the original manga. Because uh, the first one, they took a lot of liberties, but they had, it had a lot of heart and a, and a definite vision for it. Uh, but this was an attempt to go back and try to make it as close to the manga as they could get it. Uh, and Hughes, the the part I play on that show, he's he was manic in the first series, but this reanimation is <laughs> he is crazy. He is off the wall nuts, I and mean, he just goes from one emotion to the other. Um, and Hughes, I don't think I'm giving anything away to say that he dies, uh, but he uh, the no, death no, he faints. <laughs> yeah, he faints. That's for the Y7 version. Uh, but uh, he the the deaths in uh, the first one and the death in the second one uh i like things about both of them you know and i and i think in some ways this one's better than that one and you know so it was just really cool to be able to do it again you know yeah something that i'd like your commentary about actually is a difference between the two series is in a way uh concerning hughes um he existed in a lot more episodes. There was a lot more time for the audience to get to know the character and grow more attached to him and his wife and his daughter, get to know them as a family, um, and not just, uh, you know, Mustangs and Satan Sidekick, who dies, you know, seven episodes in, like in the, the second series. Right. Um, what was it like going from a lot of time to develop this character to a short amount of time? It was really weird, and I could tell that the animators on the original series must have really liked that character because they, they wanted his death to have more impact. And I think it probably does take away from the impact a bit that, you know, you don't get to get to know this character as much, you know. Um, I'm sure people still cry from his death, but, you know, when he died the first time, people just freaked out. Now, Warky, speaking of uh, emotion... Um, music is is a really big factor in any production. Um, you can watch something uh, with voices, um, but when you have the music and it, without the music, yes, the audience will often get confused and they're not sure sometimes, you know, what's this scene all about. Uh, and so I wonder if uh, did what got you into music was it like the the emotion of the pieces and exactly the feelings they evoke and you kind of like well this is kind of cool I'd like to do this it all stems back to Final Fantasy <laughs> it really does back in the day like in the first like the first one came out I remember playing through it and I love the fact that the music would change every time you go to another like uh, like a town or a castle or dungeon or whatever Role-playing games are huge for me. Like I, I, I grew up with Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy, and uh, or Dragon Quest now. But uh, Dragon Warrior was huge. It had a totally different like feel to it. But the music had the same kind of sense to it. And then Final Fantasy, which came out I think a little after that, in 1990. Oh my gosh, I'm dating myself. No, earlier than that. <coughs> Something like that. It was just old. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I remember it was you know coming soon, and. Uh, <laughs> I remember hearing the music on it that I wanted to play that music so badly and uh, you know I couldn't play piano yet I didn't know how and 
I taught myself to play because I so desperately wanted to invoke emotions to like you know being able to because I know how I felt when I was playing through it and each little scene like whatever it had you know it, it meant something and and now it's you know music I mean without music it's I don't think anime or or anything like video games or anime would ever be the same I mean, I'm sorry, Pong would be a lot more, you know, cool if uh, you had some you know, techno beat going on instead of just bing, 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 you know, because <laughs> there's only two speeds. But <laughs> You know, uh, speaking of uh, role-playing games, um, they seem to have really changed within the last several years. Um, what do you think of this change in direction of them, say, compared to the PlayStation years and the early PlayStation 2 years and now where they've gone with them today? I think that I hate to say it I really think that they're just not up to par anymore I think graphically it is amazing they're beautiful it's so it's so real you almost feel like you can like you know the character as a real person I go but now the plots and stuff the plots are a lot weaker and a lot of the storylines it's all linear you know you don't have control of where you want to go you don't have to do the side quest we're forcing you into whatever you're going to do and it's become that way, almost like a standard now. And so that's why I still like Dragon Quest. Like I'm playing Dragon Quest Nine right now for the DSi, and uh, it's it's the best game. It's just back to basics. It even has old 8-bit sounds in it and stuff, like for fandom. And uh, you can go anywhere. <laughs> like I, I I'm a I think I'm 100 hours in, and I'm like level 15, because I'm going everywhere. You can do so much, and like it doesn't, you know, it tells you you might want to save this guy, but you don't have to. You can just leave him to die and like go somewhere else and you know continue your quest, which I did for a while, and then I finally saved him. But, but you know things like that. Like I, I just want it to be more more of a challenge, I guess. You know, I feel like people are really starting to underestimate like the public. Uh, online games like City of Heroes and. Um, yeah, I love those games because you're online and you're able to talk with real people and you know and sort of make your own adventure out of that. Um, and now I'm playing a game called Wizard 101, which is a very it's a family friendly game, right? So it's it, kids and adults, whatever can play. And but it is so awesome. I mean, it's a card game, but it's also uh, a role playing game. You're this character, this wizard, and then when you battle the cards, you know, appear and then you can make them come to life and act out your cards. So there's strategy involved as well as, you know, the adventures you go on. Now, on the subject of uh, role-playing games and the, the voice of Hello Kitty, which actually they did a pretty nice job back with the Hello Kitty uh, show when they brought that to America quite a few years ago. Um, but uh, a lot of the voice actors that I've interviewed um, uh, have done voices in large part for for anime, but since they tend to be so lengthy these days and have the capability, a lot of voice acting for video games. Have uh, you done some of those roles, and what are they? Uh, most recently, I was uh, played a character named Splosion Man in the video game called Splosion Man. It was actually uh, nominated for Game of the Year by Spike TV's awards. And uh, after that, I did, a, for the same company, a show called Comic Jumper, and you play a character named Captain Smiley, who jumps from different comic book genres, like American comic books to uh, manga styles and stuff like that, and then all the characters change to match those styles. And I play a villain called Dr. Winklebeier in that. And um, I've also done, of course, the video games based on anime. They always get us to do that, too. And I was in um, Ice Age 2's video game. 
I paid shit the slot. Yeah, but he didn't have any lines. It was all just reactions. It was like, out, out, it's your lick out, you know. <laughs> but uh, I had to audition with lines, though. But, uh, yeah, so, and video games are much more lucrative than anime is anyway. Anime is more steady work, though. By the way, have you uh, ever played any of the games that you've been in? And if so, uh, did you hear your voice and be like, huh? Uh, I've played the Dragon Ball Z Budokai game, uh, and so I got to play Krillin, and it was kind of weird moving myself around and hearing, yeah, 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 you know, it was kind of cool, but, uh, other than that, I haven't really played any of the games I've been on. Speaking of Krillin, um, it's kind of a funny role because, in a way, you act, well, Krillin as a character acts as a, um, if you will, a human in a world of superhumans, right. um, and also as the resident punching bag and man to be in peril at times. Um, what, what is it kind of being in a show where everybody's like superheroed mountains of muscle and you're kind of a tough guy and by human standards pretty awesome, but by these standards, like, get the hell out of the way? Yeah, a lot of people ask me in panels, like, you know, does it bother me that I don't play these guys that are, you know, the, the big tough guys and stuff like that? Although I did play Bardock, which is, he's a big tough guy too, but Krillin could kick Bardock's ass any day. Um, but Bardock is very tough. But those characters are kind of boring, you know? I mean, it's much more fun to play a character that actually goes through a, a whole range of emotions than is just deadly serious all the time, you know? And also, Krillin, um, I think, is the bravest character on the show. I mean, he is the one that knows he's going to die if he goes into the situation, but he will go in anyway so that he can buy his friends a few more minutes to save the day. Um, the other, I mean, Goku, when he goes into a battle, I mean, he's thinking, yeah, I could probably take him, you know, but Krillin's not thinking that. He's thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die, but it's, that's what I have to do. And, you know, and Krillin also, he does, uh, is overshadowed by his friends who are from other planets. Because if it was just him against Earth, he's the strongest human being on the planet. I always thought that he should have done what Gohan did. He should have put on a costume, gone to some city, and became a superhero. <laughs> then he would have lived the dream, you know? Everyone would just worship him as a god. But instead, he has to hang out with Goku, who is a god. <laughs> so, his life is very miserable. Now, during the production of um, Dragon Ball Z Kai, and those for not familiar with Dragon Ball Z Kai, it's basically the original one, cleaned up, uh, little extra effects added in, uh, stuff like that. Did you guys go in and do any audio enhancements to that, or was it pretty much like, we've already done the recordings, we got the masters, let's leave it at that? No, 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 we, we were re-recording the entire thing. The scripts are being rewritten. Uh, and of course, they they also edited these shows, uh, so they're much more punchy. You know, you know how the old series, you know, Goku and Frieza can have a conversation that lasts a week, you know, before they ever do anything, right? That's been edited down. We get right to the fighting, and but at the same time, the shows end on much more natural cliffhangers, um, and uh, and and the actors have been doing this for 12 years now, so it's we've got 12 years of experience under our belts putting this in, so. We're, the line reads are just so much better. Uh, I guess we'll all have to get used to less uh, next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> we actually did, uh, sometimes we open our shows with uh, parodies and other funny stuff. And, and uh, we did a Dragon Ball Z one, which was just funny because we did the next time on Dragon Ball Z like five times throughout the course of two minutes. <laughs> uh, so it was pretty good. Um, 
Borky, I know you're an RPG man, but uh, do you pick up the fighting games too, like uh, Dragon Ball Z, for example? I really liked Budokai on the Wii. It was a lot of fun to be waving my arms around like, you know, you hurt somebody. <laughs> I was mostly hurting myself, but... <laughs> I, I pick up fighting games now and then. Street Fighter. I played Street Fighter 4. Don't play it. It's insane. That's the hardest fighting game ever. And, and I do dabble in Mortal Kombat. My wife was playing Wii uh, for the first time recently at my mother's house. Um, she'd bought, uh, for her grandchildren, she'd bought the Wii system, and she was doing the boxing, right? And she was really getting into it. And she knocks the guy out and he falls to the ground. And she's going, get up! Get up! <laughs> <laughs> my mom, her eyes are just so wide watching my wife. <laughs> that is pretty funny. And on that Street Fighter 4, it is pretty tough. But thankfully, there's a difficulty dial. And you can adjust it just right. Um, but uh, if you go online, you know, you're really just asking to feel bad by the time your session is over. Um, but the series does have very iconic sounds and music, which uh, leads me into my question about what is it that draws you to the particular pieces that you decide to learn and play and in the spirit of anime bonsai, remix! <laughs> oh, work. <laughs> Dear work. <laughs> they say remix again. Oh, and, you know, it, honestly... Well, actually, <laughs> tell them about that. Okay, yeah, I should let you guys know. Uh I, normally I play the piece the way it's, it is in the video game. I try to match it exactly and do my best to show that I'm playing it and all that. But for some reason, they went nuts. They just went crazy this con. And all of a sudden, somebody screamed out, Remix it! And it's like, why do you remix something that's supposed to be a ballad? Well, I figured out a way. And uh, now I have techno beats and <laughs> remix all the songs. And so, But with your question about the whole... The secret, ladies and gentlemen, in the KFC secret sauce is Jungle Beat. <laughs> okay, but Worky, seriously. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but, yeah, we just wanted you guys at home to know that instead of, like, remix. No, uh, but, yeah, what is it about the music that draws you to what you play and practice? Um, well, a lot of times, when I first was building up a repertoire of just songs, it was just because I wanted to hear them myself. And <laughs> that was the original thing, and I... Depending on my mood, I would learn a different song. Like if I was feeling kind of sad today, it was gloomy out or something, and I'd be like, oh, let me learn a ballad. Let me learn something slow. And uh, But now it's the fans. It's all about the fans. Every time they ask me, can you play this? Can you play this? I mean, for the most part, I can play it, but I can't read music, so I have to hear it, and then I can play it. Um, but whatever the fans request is now what I basically learn. And then sometimes, once in a while, I'll learn something just for myself, but it's becoming rarer and rarer now. Do you ever write your own songs? Do I ever write my own songs? Yeah, I do. I, I write a ton. I, I wrote a video game soundtrack. I, I write like my actual own music, like rock music and like pop music and happy indie <laughs> lo-fi music. We could, they call it. They say that my music is happy hardcore. It's happy just hardcore. they're just like you just want to try to be a rocker, but you're not. You're just too happy-go-lucky. <laughs> Now, um, I've noticed that a lot of your music uh, is remixed, but also um, you seem to, uh, now I don't know if this is intentional or not, but you seem to go for more of the, um, the iconic uh, older music, which had a much more uh, simpler uh, composition to it. You know, like on the NES, there were three sounds you could have simultaneously, for example. Um, now, is it a, a conscious decision that you went with um, you know, older things, NES, Super Nintendo, for the most part? 
Um, or is it that there's just something that's great about that music and it can be played on a lot of instruments or was it, you know, this is what you played, this is what you liked, or maybe it's just the newer stuff since there's, it's just multifaceted, multi-tracked, all these instruments that it's kind of hard to reproduce that with a single instrument. Uh, for, for a lot of things, like, uh, the song One Winged Angel, I mean, it's a great song. I'd love to play it. It sounds horrible on a piano. It just sounds terrible. And to play it, it's almost like you're just making noise. So I don't play it. I refuse. I'm like, don't do it. It's not worth my time. Like, the compositions have gotten really complex, which is not a bad thing. I mean, I think that's wonderful. And so a lot of times I have to pick what instruments I can, like, mimic on the piano and then, like, try my best to, you know, make a composition. But 8-bit, 16-bit stuff, you, you know, it's all the root of, like, where everybody got the tunes from in the first place. And uh, a lot of people just, they don't even care about the new stuff as much as they want to know, like, can you play the old stuff? You know, let me hear this. And I know that the generation's coming up, so it's it's getting, we're, like, now it's more 16-bit stuff that people want to hear. Like, when I was a kid, I heard this, you know. And uh, the adults are all, well, let me hear the 8-bit stuff. And, and then once in a while, Pac-Man, just randomly. <laughs> well, as long as we have uh, Squaresoft around in some form or other, you'll always get to play the same music uh, for a small part of what you do. You'll always have Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, and whatever else they re-release for the umpteenth time. Um, now, Sonny, what about the sort of music that uh, you like to listen to? I mean, of course, shout out to the fans and what they like, but... but for yourself, what is it that you like to listen to, both you know, things people will be familiar with because of their natural affinity for this sort of topic, but stuff that might be outside of what they might think? Uh, I have very eclectic taste. I, I like all kinds of music if it's good. I like some country. I like classical music. I like old-time rock and roll. I like new rock and roll. I like punk rock, um, soul music. I, I don't know. I just anything really if it's good i like it if i can hear the quality in it i like it uh what about um what about this music by this worky guy i've heard a lot about at this convention i think worky is a genius he uh, he can i mean he, i heard him just riff off the top of his head uh just a song about what's going on in the room so it, it's a pretty amazing thing to watch um now, uh, about how long have you been um, doing VA work, and in particular, um, how long have you also been at Funimation? Uh, twelve years. I, I started twelve years ago when Funimation moved to Texas and had open auditions for Dragon Ball Z. And at that time, it was just a part-time job for me because, you know, Krillin dies a lot and uh, is resurrected. Uh, so he's sort of the Jesus of their world. But... Um, <laughs> I then got the part of the Toonami Robot Tom, and once I got that part, I realized I kind of stumbled onto a career here, and I stopped um, working so much, and I did a lot of commercial art at that time. And, and now, primarily, I just work as a voice actor and a comic book artist. Yes, in the Dragon Ball Z uh, story, there's a, a type of bean called the Sezu bean, and uh, it's used to resurrect people, just proving once again how magical beans are as a fruit. Mm. Um, now, now uh, most people uh, who listen to this are going to be familiar with uh, the things they've heard you do, but uh, there's a lot of other creative facets uh, that you engage in. Uh, tell, tell us about that. Uh, I'm kind of an art whore. I mean, if I see people... Excuse me. What was that? <laughs> Speaking of beans... Um, 
if I see somebody doing something creative, usually I want to be a part of it. You know, I, I'm in uh, two bands right now, one punk band and one rock band. Uh, I do voice acting. I've directed. I've written for anime and comics, and I've, I draw comic books. Um, so, I mean, I'm interpretive dance. I mean, whatever. I, I, I love art in any form it takes. Now, um, getting back to uh, convention stuff, um, let's go ahead and uh, name some of our uh, favorite uh, cosplay that you've seen going on at this show. Maybe stuff from uh, the official cosplay contest or just people wandering the hall. You know, obviously you don't have to name the names of the cosplayers, but just basically the costumes or if you knew who they were, like what was so great. Um, there was somebody here dressed up as Sid from Final Fantasy, and uh, they wrote on my little, they gave me a little card that said, You're the high wind. Beneath my wings, <laughs> that was it. And I, it was just adorable. But uh, my favorite, of course, this con was there was a, an abundance of chocobos. I was really kind of shocked. I, I I don't normally see chocobos at conventions anymore. Back in like years ago. Chocobo, oh, that's true. Yeah, chocobo. Yeah, do you even know? It's a big yellow bird that's from the Final Fantasy series, and they're Almost the ones. Ostrich-like in size. Yeah, they're kind of ostrich-like in size, and big heads, little beaks, you know. And they're rideable. <laughs> and they're rideable. People can ride them to go to different towns, depending on how much gill you have. And, uh, and their color. Yeah, and then different colors, depending on, like, there's all, uh, there's an assortment of, you know, chocobos, the yellow one you start out with, and you get all the way up to gold, and once you have a gold chocobo, life is good, you know, and then you can fly everywhere and everything. But, uh, yeah, the Chocobo, this person, she she did a Chocobo costume that was, like, it was almost $1,000. And she just, and to make, and she did it herself. So you can only imagine how much it would have cost had she not done it. But she just did it. It had, like, a fan inside it. It had, like, liquid cooling and stuff. Wow. Like, like, buckles and, like, belts in it to hold it up. And it weighed over 60 pounds. And, and she made it so that the wings would flap. I'm like... Like, I mean, wow. she went to town. I mean, it was a real chocobo. I mean, you, you couldn't do anything about it. And it just amazing. Just amazing. And she she won uh, a judge's pick award, and she won a... Uh, a uh, I don't, she won first place in, like, beginner craftsmanship or something like that. Oh, beginner cosplay. Sorry, beginner cosplay. Just because it was, like, her first time doing this. And, like, she, she, should, she should work for Hollywood. My gosh, if she's that intricate. And talk about a, a fusion of uh, art and science. That that that's incredible. I saw uh, when she she's the one that took the stage during closing ceremonies, right? And I saw her in a costume, and I recognized the costume, but uh, I couldn't remember the character. Did were you familiar with that when she got up on stage, or just some kitty thing? Yeah. Um, I can't remember either, but I recognized it, and I was like, well, you know, that's, uh, like, she has two costumes? How many costumes does this person have? But that is that is really incredible to put the technology in with the costume, because you see some people, you know, with their kind of funny, sarcastic cardboard box costumes, like, oh, I'm a robot, or, yeah, look at what I wrote, this is what I am. Or some people, you know, they'll put on a wig and maybe a, a robe or something, and be like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm this. I saw quite a few people, uh, I forget the name of the character, but from Bleach, um, and he wears a conical hat and some loose robes, and he's scruffy and whatnot. And I joked with a few of them, hey, if nobody knows who you are, tell them you're Jesus. Um, but yeah, some people really take things to a great big level with this cosplay, and you get some stuff that's just incredible. Um, I see a lot of uh, people will cosplay as Amy Rose from Sonic the Hedgehog, and usually it's just somebody with, you know, pink hair, little something ears, 
um, uh, usually maybe just some red clothes. But this one person had just, I don't know if she made it or what, but it was like an out and out like hoop dress, like really good looking. She made it actually. Oh wow! That um, yeah, and I really wished I got a picture. There were so many great people, and some of them were only here for one day or just for a little bit, part of a day. It's like, wish I had gotten that. Uh, Sonny, what about you? What are some of the uh, fantastic cosplay that you've seen this year? Um, my head was down drawing most of the time at this convention, but I did see some cool costumes. I mentioned earlier the Oren High School. The, the, all these kids came in, all dressed like eight of them, I think. And uh, I also saw uh, Android 17 and 18, which are my brother-in-law and wife on Dragon Ball Z. And I thought they had really good costumes, and then I told them that, and then they followed me everywhere in the convention. So, But, uh, yeah, a lot of great costumes. And, of course, you know, uh, the Pyramid Head was great, too. Yeah, it's, it's actually been quite a lot of fun here. Um, is there, um, now I know you say you, you just pretty much whatever strikes your fancy is what you start doing art about, um, but are there some uh, recurring themes in the things that you'll sketch and doodle when you're bored or, or just like you'll be like, you know, I really feel like drawing this, and, and you notice maybe there's something you do more often than others? Uh, I tend to gravitate to humorous drawings, uh, fantasy drawings, and surreal drawings. Um, I used to be a, a portrait artist uh, and used to do paintings and sketches of people at a tourist trap in Dallas for like five years. So uh, I got enough experience drawing realism, so I try to go in the other direction. Now, uh, go ahead. I, I just want to say that Sonny, at Anime, oh, where was that? Oasis. Anime Oasis, he drew this incredible sketch of a chocobo playing the, p the keyboard. And like I have it on a frame hanging up in, in my uh, in my room, and just uh, it's it's amazing looking. And so no, no, the den of Orky. Yeah, I guess the den of Orky. Yeah, there you go. It's not the den of Orky. <laughs> when you come in, expect a random encounter. <laughs> <laughs> With Orky. With Orky, hopefully. Um. Now speaking of the work, um, are you more of a uh, in in secret in your personal life outside of the convention? Are you more of a wark or a quay or perhaps a different sound chocobo are well known for making? I'm definitely the wark. I'm a wark wark woot kind of a kind of thing. <laughs> um, now, are you familiar with the Lunar series of video games? Yes, I am. What did you think of the uh, chickaboo or the chuckaba or whatever it was that showed up in the second one? I cracked up laughing. It's like that's a that's what they said. They're like, it's not a chocobo, it's a bo bokachu or something like that. A chukabu or something like that. And it was just the funniest thing. All of a sudden you see it, like, oh, don't worry about it. I, I saw it because it looked exactly like a chocobo. I mean, it, it was like copyright law. Like, like, you could tell it was obviously this. And they're like, no, it's certainly not something else. And I, I love Lunar because of the clever writing on it. The repartee was just hysterical between the characters. Yes, Working Designs did did a great job with that, and uh, actually um, the the company closed a while ago. But thankfully, uh, Microsoft saw the quality of uh, what Vic Manana did. Vic Manana, see what I'm doing here? Um, no, a uh, Victor Ireland, um, and uh, and they actually had him do some work for them, bringing over stuff from Japan. And he actually now works for um, uh, the company behind uh, Master Blaster and all of that, Sunsoft. 
uh, bringing over stuff now for the Wii, and he has a big interaction with people, and he seems to really be enjoying that. And uh, yeah, the Lunar series was just great, and I liked uh, how in this particular instance, they, they were like, isn't that a choker? No, 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 it's not that at all in the actual game, so it was pretty funny. Um, but getting back to, to your music, um, do you prefer uh, faster paced stuff or slower paced, and, and is there a reason? Depends if my hand's tired. <laughs> I mean, there are times where I love playing fast stuff, but after two hours, I, I'm ready for a ballad. <laughs> Believe me, I'm ready. <laughs> I A lot of times, though, I really do like the faster stuff. I like happier things, always. Um, just because, ha you know, ha happiness is fun, and I like having fun. But sometimes, I mean, it depends. Like, sometimes you just want to play something sad, you know? You want to get that raw emotion out of you, and you're just like, rawr, and, you know... Now, Sonny, do you ever dabble in any music creation? Yeah, um, I've written a few songs, and uh, my band White Girl um, was started out as a cover band, and we split up about six months ago, and we reformed a few about a month ago, and decided we we're going to start doing some of our own songs. And I'm liking our new songs better than the songs we covered, so we're having a good time. Okay, now we only have a, a little while left here, which makes everybody sad face pandas. Um, but, of course, uh, the, uh, we will get a few more questions in um, real quick. And um, I suppose, I guess, it would be best, uh, if we're going to be finishing things, to ask about the future. Um, not 50 years in the future, because nobody can accurately predict that, and you sound stupid later on when people listen to what you said. Um, but more so, uh, the the near future, like let's say the next uh, six to 12 months. Um, what can we be expecting uh, out of both uh, the studios that you've done work for already, and, and also some stuff that you may have just already started on? We'll uh, start with you working with stuff that you've been uh, planning to release here soon. Um, I'm working with audiobooks now, actually. Um, that's one thing, and that should be a lot of fun. Within the next year, it will definitely be out, and that'll be cool. Um, I'm working with a couple of well, video game things. See what happens there. I'm releasing a third album of They Might Be Elders, my Mormon comedy group. Um, Lady Gaga will be premiering on that one <laughs> the, for a parody, and then I'm also doing uh, within the next year. I should have finished the anime parody music stuff. I'll be taking pop music and changing the lyrics and making it about anime and con and you know things like that. And uh, are there any uh, forthcoming conventions this year or early next year people should look at, uh, for you at? Look at your work, yes. Um, I'll be at SnafuCon um, the, later this month. I'll be in. I'll be doing Anime Carnival Tokyo Horror House or something like that in like Memphis, Tennessee. I'll be doing a Tomodachi Fest in Boise on Thanksgiving weekend and SuperCon in Las Vegas in December. So, got a couple more cons going on. All right, and uh, we'll go ahead and turn it over to Sonny here, and uh, just go ahead and let people know, like, stuff that's just been released on the store shelves they can start buying, a few things next month, and what you just started on. Uh, probably the coolest thing that's just been released is a thing called Black Butler, and I play a character named Drossel on that, and it's really cool because as an actor, you one of the first accents you learn is how to do an English accent, but you never get to use it. Uh, but we all get to use it in this one, and it's awesome. Uh, I play this twisted character who sings a lot. Uh, I've just uh, finished contract negotiations with a comic book company to do a steampunk fantasy series. Uh, I, I haven't signed yet, so I'll wait till I sign before I make a formal announcement, but hopefully that'll be within the, by the end of this month. Um, 
As far as conventions, the only one I have committed to right now is Megacon. That's the next one I've committed to. Um, now, are there any um, video game appearances that uh, uh, will be on store shelves soon? Perhaps uh, anything you might be able to say about, say, Full Metal Alchemist Productions or anything? Uh, see, that's where we can't talk about the future, because we're not allowed to talk about anything that hasn't been formally released. Um, I, do, I think Comic Jumper, if it hasn't come out yet, it's coming out very soon, though. Yeah. And I think they've already announced that, so I can talk about that. Um, but uh, other than that, I really can't say. Um, now, we'll just, uh, we'll just a go ahead and end this interview with a, a simple... Um, simple little thing just basically uh let the fans know what it is that uh is stuff like um you know they should keep on keeping on maybe some stuff to check out and uh just basically a shout out to anybody you might want to um shout out to my mom my dad my family my sister april my brother ben oh, seven or less. oh all right fine gosh it's always something i swear and Sonny, of course and michael coleman and lynn hardy who wrote that book Prophecy they don't count as half people oh for the love of you know, it's always something with you people. Uh, guys, check out uh, the soundtrack to Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's actually really cool. And Fourteen is amazing. You know, Uematsu actually like, came back for it. And uh, so the music is like ten times even greater than anything epically before. Um, check out, you know, of course, Kero Gunso. Check out anything Sunny Straight does, because everything he touches is golden. That's so, well, at least bronze. I mean, maybe, maybe even silver, you know. Some precious metal. Something like that. But, uh, yeah, and, and check my websites, guys. Um, you know, I, I'm sure we'll have some show notes with the website addresses on there. But go ahead and tell at least one. All right, cool. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Facebook. Uh, yeah, you'll just do my Facebook, guys. And friend me on Facebook, facebook.com slash warky, W-A-R-K-Y. I mean, I'll, I'll friend you up. All right, and Sonny, other things that you think people should check out, you know, recommendations like if you're an artist, want to be a voice actor, whatever, you know, just general encouragement I guess and a shout out if you want well I encourage everyone to buy DVDs of anime if you want to keep this thing going because that is where the major source of income comes from uh, don't iTunes with Funimation iTunes with Funimation too uh, stay away from bootlegs please because you know I mean we want to keep this industry going strong right uh, you can also, if you want to check out some of my music, you can go to chinsmojo.com. That's C-H-I-N-S-M-O-J-O.com. Uh, it's a band I play keyboards in and sing backups for. And you can check out my other band, White Girl, at myspace.com forward slash white girl fun. And don't just put in white girl fun on Google because you'll find a whole other thing. And uh, let's see. Yeah, I, that's pretty much it. And then uh, go to my uh, website, sunnystraight.biz, and you can also find me on Facebook on Sunday Straight, and I'll make announcements about my comic book stuff and everything else. And any words of encouragement for people that are trying to break out creatively? Yeah. Be sure to get that CPA, because you'll need a job to fall back on. <laughs> no, actually, I, I say that if you want to do something... Uh, you probably only have one life as far as I know, so you might as well go for it. And don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Because even if you don't accomplish what you set out to accomplish, you don't want to be on your deathbed going, oh, I didn't even try, you know? So try it. Give it your best shot. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least you can die with a good conscience. And uh, we'll let you have the last serious answer, Worky. <laughs> Same question. Uh, what do you say to people trying to break out creatively, regardless of if it's like cosplay or music or video or whatever? I'll tell you flat out. Um, 
Uh, with Eight Might Be Elders, it was my dream to do Mormon comedy. I know it's crazy, but it it really is. <laughs> I love comedy. I love parody, especially. And for 15 years, I I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. And told everybody, you know, everyone told me, get away from this. Don't do it. It's funny, but you're never gonna go anywhere with it. And finally, uh, I got published. I they picked me up, and you know, it took took almost 15 years before it got published. But I kept at it, and you know what? I have no regret, like completely for it. It was it was hard. But it was worth it because in the end of things, it really did, it, it worked out for me. And, you know, I really believe if you follow your dreams, then things really will come true. All right. And for uh, the send-off, and the reason I said the last serious answer, is if, Sonny, you would so indulge us and the fans with a little extra bonus here at the end of the interview, feel free to uh, use some of your famous voices, wacky voices and whatever, and uh, tell people some uh, crazy stuff and not-so-crazy stuff and whatever the feel you like to end this interview with. Okay, I guess I'll go into Krillin, but Krillin is very tired and needs a nap really badly. Uh, but uh, I just want to say thank you for listening, and next time on Dragon Ball Z. For uh, ASO Radio and NZ17 Productions, I thank both of you guys for being here. I hope uh, you get some sleep now that the convention's ended, and re just remember the next one's around the corner. Um, and, and do remember to eat up. You need your nutrients. Absolutely. And uh, for everybody listening, thanks you for listening, and uh, be sure to follow both of these excellent gentlemen in their future ventures, and check out their older stuff, too. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's not good. Well, wasn't that a nice little interview? And boy, did I sound tired. Probably had to do something with the uh, anime convention and not having enough food or sleep. Not to mention hosting the panels. Oh, that Rumiko Takahashi panel I run is always popular. Well, folks, this brings us to the end of another episode of ASO Radio, episode 128. And as a computer programmer in my spare time, I think that's a good number to go and end our run of full-length episodes on. After all, 128 is a power of two, and those who know programming know how important binary is to the world of electronic programming. Well, um, not much else to say at this point, except be sure to tune in to future episodes of ASO Radio. We'll be reviewing more anime, more manga, more video games, more anime soundtracks, not to mention having interviews with luminaries from both the fan and professional fields surrounding the world of anime and manga. For now, though, this is NZ17, signing out. <laughs>